presence of the Lord. A few weeks ago, we kicked off this series, and the title of this series is Gone Fishing. And so we had an evangelistic perspective and focus this month. And uh, we uh, started the, uh, this series off talking about evangelism priority. And that is that everything that we do evolves ultimately around the concept and the idea of evangelism. Jesus said that he came to seek and to save that which was lost. Week two, we talked about relational evangelism, how that many of us have uh, strategic relationships. And I believe that there are many relationships that we have that are preordained of God for us to have those relationships. But we must take advantage in, in the sense that we must use those opportunities, those relationships, to make sure that we are communicating Jesus Christ. We talked about the fact that relational evangelism is the most effective way of evangelizing simply because you have credibility because it's somebody that you know. And so we talked about the fact that we want to make sure that we're using that opportunity that God has given us. And then in week three, we talked about servant evangelism. Serving with a aim to reach the lost. And we talked about that and we looked at it really in the context of Mayfest, which is coming up next week. And so with regard to that, we want to remember that we want to serve in such a way because one of the primary ways that, that people are open to the gospel is by seeing your love and your care for them seeing you serve them and, and, and share with them. And we talked about that not just as a way to serve at Mayfest, but it really should be a way that we think about people who are uh, in our vicinity, whether it's our neighbors, friends, coworkers. Serving, it's hard for people to say no to nice things and nice people. Amen. And so we talked about servant evangelism in that context. And so uh, today I want to kind of close this series talking about some guidelines to sharing your faith. And so I'm going to give you, today, give you today some very practical, practical guidelines. Now, like with anything else, this will only work if you use it. So if you're sitting here today and you're thinking to yourself, Pastor, let's hurry up and get this message over uh, because I don't intend on sharing my faith, which I hope that's not the case, then you might want to check out now. Because this will only matter to those that care about people. And only those who care about what God cares about. And we spent quite a bit of time. And, and, and really, this, today's message is kind of a, a summing up, if you will, of everything that we've been talking about. This is like the culmination where we, where we begin to understand that now is the time how many know now more than ever where we need to preach the good news of the gospel to every creature? Y'all hearing me today? Now is the time more than ever. We had last week, I don't know for those who was here, we had Brother Mark Austin from the Gideon's Ministry. I thought he did a wonderful job in just presenting to us how that passing out Bibles can really be can change the world and. The Gideon's ministries have passed out millions of Bibles, and, and they have touched so many lives. And, and I was really uh, just really motivated as I listened to him just really talk about how he prepares himself. He brother talks about how he just simply wears a, he wear, he wear a, a clothing with a lot of pockets just so he can have some tracts in the Bible so he can hand out. How many know that that is somebody that's focused on the loss? They're prepared. 
And so personal evangelism, personal evangelism, I'm really speaking to you from the heart this morning. If you have ever given me any credibility at all, I want you to hear me this morning. Personal evangelism is one of the greatest joys of being a Christian. Personal evangelism. I know today that we think, we tend to think, because this is sometimes the church's focus. We're, we're, more, we're more me focused and we're more things oriented. And we, we kind of attach the blessing to God and relegate it only to things. And how many know things are temporary? You, you're following me. Things ought to be used as a way to introduce people to a loving God and a Jesus who died for their sins. And so the greatest joy in life, church, is, is not, is, as, as a Christian, is not just getting your needs met and God doing some good things for you. The greatest joy of being a Christian is changing somebody else's life. When you, listen to me, when you can, oh, God, help us. When you, somebody came to Jesus Christ because you preached the gospel to them, because you witnessed to them. When you see somebody who was, who was uh, lost and a family that was broken, somebody who was on the brink of suicide, or somebody's life is all messed up, and then you see them in church praising God, and their lives are completely changed, and they're speaking and they're talking with hope and inspiration. Now they have joy where joy wasn't present. There is no greater joy than you leading somebody to Jesus. This is the thing that motivates you as a Christian, to be a good Christian. And unfortunately, and I believe this, that some of us have become stagnant in our Christian walk with God. Because it's almost like we're just kind of going around a circle and you can't figure out. You, every, everything just seemed the same. Because let me tell you something. You were designed by God to preach the gospel and to multiply and to reproduce disciples. So watch this. If you're not sharing your faith and reproducing disciples, more than likely over time, your Christian life will get boring. Because how many times can you run around just looking for a good word? How, I mean, you, you, are you listening to what I'm saying? How many times, y'all don't want to hear this, but I'm going to preach this anyway. How many times can you just go around just trying to find the next best thing? Because the real thing is, I mean, most of us got more word than we'll ever need. We got to start exercising that word because if you don't, you'll get fed spiritually and you'll start to drag. And all of a sudden you're walking, you're a Christian, but you're not happy about it. I, I know it because I see you walk through the door and you're not happy. Because what we fail to understand is, let me tell you, if you want to be a happy Christian, start sharing your faith. And boy, let somebody's life get changed because you open your mouth, because you preach to them. Let me tell you something. You would get so pumped and you would get so excited because I did that. Nobody would have to beg you to come to Bible study. Nobody would have to beg you to read your Bible. Nobody would have to do that because you'll be self-motivated because you have now seen that God used you to change a life. Are you hearing me this morning? This is what it's all about. It is not, church is not what we see in America. I hate to say it. It is not. It is more than just having church. How many of you are just tired of having church? 
And people all around us don't get this good news of the gospel. And we'll ride right by them on the way to church and don't even ask the Lord, Lord, do you want me to say something right now? God, we don't even think like that a lot of times. And so watch this, church. The more you grow in your faith, I'm convinced of this. The more you grow in your faith, the closer you draw to Jesus, the closer you start drawing to people. I'm, I am convinced the more you, the closer you get to Jesus, watch this. When you see people who really love God, I mean, check them out. Folks that really love God, they are always thinking about people. They're thinking about ways to share their faith. They're excited about it because you can't get close to Jesus and not be close to people. And because he died for the world. That's what he loves. He, he came off of his throne. Did you hear that? The God of the universe came down off of his throne so that he can reach people that he created who rebelled against him. Nothing more important to him than people. And I feel like sometimes I, I, I feel like it's like sometimes coming up against a wall sometimes. Because I feel like I'm fighting against the tide. And, and I know in my heart and I know without a shadow of a doubt that, that, that your joy as a Christian will be rooted in your capacity and your ability to make disciples. And if you're not doing that, that's probably the reason why you're not as happy as you should be. And so when I say things, I come to a Bible study, there's no excitement. Because why do I need a Bible study? I'm not busy. You hearing me? If, I, if, I'm, if I'm not going to share much, why do I need to come to the Bible study? How, how many know, how many of you want a doctor working on you and the doctor don't have no capacity, ability to know what he's doing? Would you go to that doctor? You won't do it. And we're going to be effective Christians. How many know that we have to come to a place and I know I'm, I'm talking this, but let's, let's deal with it. Let's roll with it this morning. I just I feel the Holy Ghost. Just just roll with this. But we're going to come to a place, church, where we're going to change the world. We got to get our priorities in line. We got to do it. We got to we got to we got to make this a part of our DNA. It must be wrapped up in the fabric of who we are. Because if no other preacher tells you this, I'm telling you the truth. And I will go to sleep at night knowing that I spoke to you exactly what God wanted you to hear. You will be happy. You will be no more. I'm going to tell you, you will be the happiest ever when you see, when God uses you to transform a life. That has been the times when I've been. That's, that's why I stand here. That's why I do it every week. That's why I get pumped. That's why sometimes I, I got to walk by faith and not by sight because sometimes what I see don't help me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But, but I see somebody's life being transformed and changed, and, and I have a part in that, and it makes me happy. I'm like, oh, God, this is good. You don't need crack. You need to open your mouth and proclaim the goodness of Jesus. You don't need you don't need money. You don't need stuff. You need just a revelation of who Jesus is. And then that same revelation will compel you to share what you got down on the inside of you. How would they hear if nobody is talking? Huh? How would they hear unless there is a preacher? Somebody got to talk. Well, I do it in my own way. Who's going to talk? When are you going to open your mouth? 
Stop being the dumb Moses. I can't speak. God said, shut up. Who made your mouth? He made his mouth so that he can speak. How many know God made your mouth so you can be a witness? Y'all don't like this this morning, do you? I wasn't even, that wasn't even in my notes. I just, I, I just feel like, I just feel like, listen, young, old, it don't matter. I, you, this is Youth Sunday, but you, you understand something, church. Um, youth, you are at a crossroads. You are at a crossroads. Because the pressure on you to be godly is much more difficult than you today than it was for me coming up as a youngster. And some of us older, I'm not old, I'm just older. And somebody ought to say amen on that. I ain't old when people try to put that spirit in. Oh, brother ain't old, I'm just older. It's a difference. But you, young people, understand something. We talk about sharing our faith. You can't share what you don't got. You cannot share. We can sit here and we can tell you, we can tell you to put on theatrics and do all kind of that. I'm not saying that anybody did that. I'm just, I'm just making a broader point. Look, if the, if, 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 the, if the shoe don't fit you, don't worry about it. But if it does, then deal with it. But it's more than just, just putting on a show. It has to be something down on the inside of you. Because I can't share. You can't share what you don't got. Is anybody hear what I'm saying this morning? You got to have it. This thing got to be real. I'm talking to my kid. I'm talking to my boy the other day. I said, well, it got to be real. It has to be a part of who you are. Because if it's not, you will not change the world. No, you will be irrelevant. How many know God changers? They are rooted and grounded in the purposes of God. And how many of you want to be a life changer? I don't know about you. I want to be a life changer. I don't want the same old, same old. Are you hearing me? I've been a Christian now for 26 years. I am still loving God. I didn't have moments in time when I skipped out. I didn't do that. I didn't have these moments like a month here. I was in church. I was out. I didn't have moments where I skipped for a year. and I can't. I didn't have those moments. Because I, it, got, it, got, it got ingrained in me early on that you are supposed to be preaching. And boy, that keeps me quite occupied. When I say preaching, y'all think I'm talking about up here. It keeps me occupied. Because now I'm talking about real Christianity. Now, gosh, I don't want to do that. But then you go to some other folk, man, they just about, I mean, I'm just saying, they're about so many things. And God, and God is using us in spite of our brokenness. Are you hearing me? Isn't that good that God still uses us in spite of how how foolish we think at times. And I am so grateful. I had an opportunity yesterday and I spoke at a place at a conference. And, you know, it was just so amazing. Let me, let me, it, because there were pe people, you know, you, you know, when you've been walking with God, you can tell. Now, I'm just saying this. When you've been walking with God, you can tell the folks that's really been walking with God. You got folks that say they're walking with God, but then you got folks that are walking with God. Real folk know what I'm talking about. I, I ain't talking about religion. So some of you are like, I, I, no, 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 no. Uh, you will know an authentic believer when you, I'm talking about one that's walking with God. Because everything out of their mouth is, it, 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 is, it is bathed in this, in, in this relationship with Jesus Christ. They can't even escape it. They can't say three or four words without somewhere saying something about the goodness of the Lord. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You, are you hearing me? And, and, and there were people, 
coming to me. I mean, that's on fire. There's was a hunger. I mean, it's like, it was like, I, I just want to know. I just want to know. I need more. I got to have more because I got to know how to do this thing. They were hungry, hungry because they were about, they were eating from the Lord's table. They were being fed spiritual food and they needed more and they, and they had to exercise. Pastor, what do I need to do in order to change the world and make a difference? And let me tell you something. I was just excited because I get excited. How many of you ever get excited around other excited Christians? Stop hanging around. You want to get, that's another problem too. <laughs> I'm going to preach a sermon one day. This is going to come quick. And I was, the Lord dropped this in my spirit this morning. A sermon entitled, What Christians Do. Because there are some basic things that we still struggle with as Christians. Basic. Everybody say basic. But some of us, listen, some of us just need to, you need to watch who you're running with. You need to watch who you're hanging around. Some stuff's just dragging your spirit down. You're all messed up. Sometimes it's a matter of just changing, getting out of some atmospheres and getting yourself into a place where you're going to be stimulated. Everybody say stimulated. All right. I'm off my soapbox. I'm good. I'm better now. Do y'all feel my passion? I, 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 I just want to make a mark on this world. And, and I know and I believe deeply that we have the tool to do it. What the world is looking for, they're not looking for the next Beyonce. They're not looking for the next great president. What the world really needs is we got it. We, y'all hearing me? We got it right here. This is it. This is what the world needs. Whether they know it or don't, we got, this is hit. This is treasure. And God has put this treasure down on the inside of us. We got what everybody needs, but yet we act like we are just as lost as they are. How can that be? How can that be? So I'm going to give you a few guidelines. I don't want to keep it long because I'm all over the place, but uh, indulge me. Uh, you know, I just feel like, they, you know, I just got to go with what the Spirit is saying um, because I really believe that this is a time that we're living in right now. I mean, know that this is a time that we're living in right now that the real church, I say the real church, is going to have to stand up. Yeah. And for so long, listen, listen to me. I'm not talking about some of you, see, when you say real church, some of you got something, you got images in your mind. I'm talking about those that are just simply devoted to Jesus, passionate about Jesus, love Jesus, think about Jesus, do everything that you do because of Jesus. You're motivated because of Jesus. You serve. Everything is motivated because of your deep love for him. Everything, everything. I don't do nothing. Paul says, I do all things for the sake of the God. Paul says, I don't do nothing unless it's motivated out of my love for Jesus. He was consumed. And we can't reach nobody until we get right with Jesus. And I say get right, I'm not necessarily talking about saved. You can possibly be saved and still not be right with Jesus. Y'all hear what I'm saying? You cannot, it doesn't matter. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to unlock some things. I'm telling you right now, you will get excited as a Christian when you start getting your priorities in line and start preaching and sharing your faith and changing other, and being a life changer for real. A life, that's when you'll get, I guarantee it. Try it. 
Just make a commitment. I'm going to start. Just make a commitment. Test me in this. I guarantee it. Many of us are unhappy because we ain't doing what God told us to do. That's why. And so you run around and relate. And and, and the symptoms of that is we we, we get involved in stuff that don't really satisfy us because we're looking for satisfaction. Like Mick Jagger said years ago, I can't get it. Some of you just went right over your head. But Jesus is everything you need. Everything. I don't care what it looks like. He's everything you need. So here's, let me give you a few guidelines, and then we got we to gotta close. I'm going to start winding this down, I think. Number one, let me give you this. These are some things I think that will help you. You want to be a good person. You want to be a good Christian that make an impact on people. You got to have a testimony. Is anybody here with a testimony? You know, one of the most powerful ways to witness is your testimony. See, people don't want to necessarily hear your chapter and verse. They don't want to hear you give all how much Bible knowledge. You, you think people, you think folk care if I come up in here and I do, I do all the exegete and I can do all the Greek and all the Hebrew and I can press you with my knowledge. You think people really want to come to Sunday to hear that? They don't care about your Bible verse. They don't, they don't, they don't want to hear that. Listen, unless your Bible verse is within, within the context of a personal testimony. Are you hearing me? Don't underestimate the power of a testimony. Now, you got to have one. <laughs> if you don't have a testimony, then you need to get one. Testimony about how Jesus impacted your life. When I, when I, let me tell you something. When I share my faith... Almost nine times out of ten. I mean, I could be on the plane. I could be running. I could be at the gym talking. Every single time I share my faith, I'm always talking about how God impacted me. Because when people look, they want to say, why do I need to do this? Well, let me tell you what happened to me. Let me tell you what I was and how he changed my life. Chapter and verse will come later. When I give them chapter and verse, but I'm not big. You know, because some of us want to give chapter and verse, and then we want to divorce ourselves from it. Like, I'm going to divorce our personal testimony from you. can't do that. How many know, but the Apostle Paul, look at this. Everybody know Apostle Paul's testimony. This is Acts 22, 6 and 10. Well, listen to this. This is Paul giving his testimony. And it's not deep. It's not, he ain't using no Greek and Hebrew. Well, look what he says. He said, now it happened. This is Acts 22, 6 and 10. Now it happened as I journeyed and came near to Damascus at about noon. Suddenly a great light from heaven shone around me and I fell to the ground. And I heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? So I answered, who are you, Lord? He said to me, I'm Jesus of Nazareth, whom you, who you, who you are persecuting. And those who were with me indeed saw the light and were afraid. But then, but they did not hear the voice of him who spoke to me. So I said, what shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said to me, arise, go into Damascus, and there you will be told all things which you are appointed for you to do. What was Paul doing? Paul was just saying how the Lord touched his life. You know the thing about a testimony that's powerful is yours. Nobody else gave your testimony. Nobody else has it. And, and let me tell you something, when you start telling people how did Jesus change your life? Oh, come on, church. I mean, that's power in that. When I got saved, people knew right away. Oh, I'm going to tell you something, it was night and day. 
I'm going to start right there. It was night and day. There was a huge difference. People really thought I had lost my mind because, in essence, I did. I gave it up. I gave it up. I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you, I, I gave it up. And now, man, I, I, I feel compelled to do what he's called me to do, you know, and to share and to preach the gospel and, and, and to be empowered to do that. Because how many know that the Bible said, Jesus says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he said, lo, I will be with you. Acts chapter 1, 8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit come upon you. The Holy Spirit is coming upon you to receive power to witness, not powers to get more likes on Facebook. He's not going to anoint you to get more Twitter followers. Are y'all hearing me? It's not about that. You know, everybody want to get likes. No, he's anointing you and I to witness. Our ministry is for the purpose of witness. Jesus is not going to anoint me so that I can just look nice and cute and I can brag about it. It ain't never about you. Never. Even if you think it's about you, you are lost. It ain't about you. I don't know about you, but, but I want his power. But I want it for all the right reasons. Are y'all hearing me this morning? The second point is you got to have a godly lifestyle, right? Paul says in 2 Corinthians 3, 30, uh, chapter 3, Verse 1 through 1, all the way down to verse 3. And I'm not going to read it because we don't have time. But he says, we are epistles read of men. Let me tell you something. If you say one thing and your life don't match up, you know what that looked like to people? Can I, can I be honest with you? Do you know what it looks like when, when how many know that our lifestyle got to match up with what we say? Let me say it again. How many know that our lifestyle got to match up with what we say? See, when your lifestyle don't match up with what you say, you know what you look like to people? You look like a freak. And a freak scares me. Because, brother, you're telling me one thing, but I don't see nothing. I mean, really? I I see like that. But you, how many know, how, how many know that your lifestyle will undercut everything? If you're trying to preach Jesus and your life ain't right, you need to stop. Because all you're doing is confusing people. Oh, y'all don't want to hear this this morning. Oh, I, I didn't even know the Lord won't have me do all this. I'm just going to bring it. I'm just going to bring it. Then if I, I'm like, I'm like, if I, I'm like Esther. Lord, if I perish, I perish. I'm out there now. I'm going. I'm going for it. But understand something, church, that how many know we got to avoid hypocrisy? He said, why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank that is in your own eye? So watch this, church. There's nothing more confusing to people to hear us say, man, I love the Lord. And then we get on everybody. Isn't it amazing that on Facebook, everybody's a Christian? Until you hook up with them. These are, do, do like, do, I saw you posting stuff on Facebook, but what's this? What, what's this? You cussing like a sailor. What's this? You're all drunk. What's up with you? You're just, you're mad, you're holding unfit. What's up with you? You're just posting how good God was on Facebook. Do you see how people look at that and say, dude, you are a freak. I don't, you stay away from, I don't want nothing to do with that. There have been more people, I believe, that are kept out of the kingdom of God because they hear a message and they don't see a life that back it up. 
And when they don't see a life that back it up, you have no power. You have no power. I don't care what you look like. Your life got to back it up. I ain't saying you got to be perfect, but the trajectory of your life got to be holy. The trajectory of your life. You cannot be saying you love Jesus and you're fornicating and you're sinning and you're just sleeping and then you're going to come at him. I love the Lord. Do you know how confusing that is? Oh, I know I'm stepping on some toes now, but I got to bring it. Sexual immorality is wrong. It's a big one. And nobody like the pastor the met. Oh, oh, now you didn't did you didn't step right in the pastor. You need to step up off of that. Oh no, I'm going right up on that. Because I got all of heaven to back me up. How many know that fornication is a sin? Yes. Young people, fornication is a sin. No sex before marriage. Well, it ain't what everybody else is doing. Who, who, who what has that got to do with anything? You're called to be different. And the same standard for my girl is the same standard for my boys. Pastor Gary, don't change. I don't, because the Bible, because if either we're going to do it or we're not. Let's stop playing games. I'm just saying, if you're, if you're going to walk with the Lord, walk with it. If not, then why are you coming to church on Sunday? What are you coming for? Think about it. I'm not, I'm not, are you here? What are we doing? What are we doing? Our lifestyle got to be correct. Ain't nothing, I'm, I'm just trying to tell you because I believe the Holy Spirit is so offended that, 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 uh, that we live a life sometimes that is so divorced from what God's word said and then we're always using God. And people are not, they don't want no parts with that. They're like, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that, man, because I'm looking at you. You're just as unhappy as I am. You're still doing the same stuff I'm doing, man. I mean, why do I need to come to church for? Are y'all hear what I'm saying this morning? You know, another thing you got to do, I'm not going to go over all these. But you know, another thing we got to do is we got to pray for people. Paul said in Romans chapter 10, he says, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. You know, Paul prayed for his people. Paul prayed for people. And I believe that when Jesus was on the earth, that Jesus spent a great deal of his time praying for the people that he was connecting with. How many of you know that when you talk about soul winning, that is spiritual at the core? It's spiritual. And right now, and I can tell you how the devil works, even the very word that I'm preaching right now, Satan is working in some of you right now to try to uproot the word that you've been planted. How many know that the enemy is always in the background trying to do everything he can to keep you from truth? You've heard Jesus said it, truth makes people free. Am I right about it? Just trying to tell people what's nice and trying not to offend people. I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you right now, I'm I'm delivered. I ain't worried about offending you no more. I, I mean, I'm, I'm delivered. Lord said, you're going to be my servant or you're going to try to be a servant of the people. You got to choose. I If I offend you, then so be it. I, I just got to do what God said. And I'm not, and y'all know I'm a nice guy, right? Come on, come on. I try real hard to be nice. There's some other folks in here a lot rougher than me around the edges. Come on. But but I, I, I you know, but but there, there comes a point in time that, that, that we got to, 
We, we, we cannot play this thing out no more. We got to get serious. All y'all hear what I'm saying? That's just, I'm just saying we, we got to get we got to get serious about this thing. And and, you know, and the devil is snatching people and keeping people in darkness. Don't want to hear the truth. And so when you come to them with truth, they get a, people get upset or get offended. Man, why, why you got to be all up in my business? I'm not in your business because I like like I don't have my own business. Listen, I ain't up in your business because I'm bored. I ain't got my own issues to deal with. I'm in your business because I love you. I care about you. And I've been sent by God. And if you are a Christian in this church, I have every right to be in your business like you have every right to be in mine. Business you got. Only business we got is we're. We're supposed to be about the business of our father. That's our business. That's all of our business. How many know the timing is important when it comes to evangelizing? Y'all remember the, all of us got people that we've been, those of us who are sharing our faith. How many got people you've been praying for, talking to, trying to get them to come to church, trying to get them to get right with God and, you just gotten frustrated, just gotten mad. Like, man, I've been just working on this brother for a long time. I've been working on this sister for a long time. You know, how many know that God's timing is so important? Y'all remember the story of the prodigal son? He goes to his father. You know what he says to his father? He says, Father, give me my inheritance. Father says, sure, okay, if that's what you want, go ahead. He didn't try to, he didn't try to fight, with, fight with this. Go ahead, boy, that's what you want, go ahead. But then there came a point in time when, when, when he came to himself. He had a moment. And he was in the pig pen. Here's one of the things I believe. I believe sometimes, now hear me, I want to say this very carefully. Sometimes we got to pray that people come to the end of themselves. Let me say it, let me say it another way. Sometimes it's good to pray for people to crash and burn. And I'm not talking about burning in terms of spiritual. I mean crash and burn, like come to a place where they realize, I need Jesus. <laughs> I believe that sometimes we get in the way and we stop an accident that need to happen. There are some accidents that need to happen. How many of you had some accidents and it brought you to Christ? Come on. I, I mean, it was some, I, I had some accidents. Somebody, if it had not been for some accidents, brother, sister, let me tell you something. I might have not came, but thank God I crashed and burned because then my eyes got open. And I realized I need a savior. So we got to be sensitive to God's timing. I, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer. Somebody said, and they didn't, you did in the skit this morning. Somebody said, uh, I think it was, uh, who, who said it? Um, Almonte, he said, he said uh, Walter asked him, said, did you invite him to church? He said, it wasn't time yet. How many know that there's a timing issue yeah. with some folk? Some water, some plant, but God brings a what? Increase. So in the prodigal son, he came to himself. He was like, oh God, I need to get right. And the, what was the father doing? He was there waiting. But see, it was a timing issue. Sometimes, how I many know we gotta wait? We gotta wait. Now, while you're waiting, stay faithful. While you're waiting, keep praying. While you're waiting, keep serving. While you're waiting, keep living right. Because don't, don't, don't give people off the hook by living a jacked up life. Don't get people off the hook by living a jacked up life. Don't give them any excuses. 
Are y'all hearing me? Let's live in such a way that if they want to be rebellious, they be rebellious on their own. They can't say, Pastor Gary, he was doing it. Oh, the devil is a liar. Oh, don't even throw me up in the air, brother. Oh, no, no, you're going to have to deal with it. If you want to go crazy, do it. But not at my expense. I'm not going to help you do that. So we got to be sensitive. We can't be pushy. There's another point when we're trying to share our faith. Um, Peter said this in 1 Peter 3, verses 15 through 16. And this is a New Living Translation. I love this translation. And I love this verse. He says, instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your Christian hope, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. Let me say this. How many of you know that, that, uh, that we're called to be people that are respectful? Y'all remember a couple years ago, maybe it was, I don't know how long ago, it was some guy that was a, a Christian out down in the South. Y'all remember this guy? And he said, I'm going to burn the Quran up. Y'all remember that? And uh, he, supposedly he was doing this in the name of God. And so what he was doing was he was inciting all of these people to anger. And I just looked at that brother and I said, you're just as stupid as you can be. Stupid. You know, and I don't apologize. And let me tell you why. Because how many know that, that we're trying to draw people to Christ? And one of the ways that we draw people to Christ is by showing love and respect. I mean, listen, everybody's not going to agree with you. Get it. Yeah, I believe that, I mean, know that, that I believe that this book, the Bible said heaven and earth are going to pass away, but my word will last forever. I believe that. I don't need, listen to me. Listen, I know that in the end that Jesus Christ is going to rule. Come on, church. I know that in the end that he is king of kings and lord of lords. So listen, I know Muhammad don't save. I know Buddha don't save. I know only Jesus save. I know it. So I don't need to worry. I just need to be faithful because in the end, God's going to vindicate himself. His word will not return void. Are you hearing me? So I just need to stay faithful. I need to preach. I don't need to, I don't need to be disrespectful to people. Sometimes, sometimes, I mean, no, sometimes people think being disrespectful is a spiritual thing. It's not spiritual to be disrespectful. You know, like, 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 like Sister Tara said, you know, say hi to people when you see them. Just be nice. <laughs> Come on, gentle. Everybody say gentle. Be gentle with people, right? Be respectful because this is who we are. I will disagree with you vehemently, and, and I may offend you because sometimes truth will offend but let me tell you, I'm not going to try to be offensive for the sake of being offensive. I'm not going to try to hurt people. I'm going to preach the good news of Jesus. More than that, I'm going to live it. I'm going to give them a life where they can see it. Because I think that that will get their, get their attention more than me yelling and screaming at them. How many of you have ever led somebody to Christ by yelling and screaming at them and telling them and just being disrespectful? Come on. It don't work. Be gentle. Be gentle. Be respectful. This is a biblical principle. And I got I to gotta stop. Um, <laughs> I will say this though as in brother Mark said last week and we used to have this slogan I was in the Boy Scouts anybody ever was a Boy Scout any, any Boy Scouts a Boy Scout and we used to have this motto in the Boy Scouts it used to say it said did anybody know what the Boy Scouts motto was two words. Be prepared. Be prepared. 
If you had an opportunity next week at Mayfest, and you will have an opportunity. You know why? Because you're going to be looking. Because you've been getting all these messages about evangelism all month. So you're going to be ready. But if somebody came to you and they said to you, and they said, okay, so, you know, like, you want me to come to your church? Why do you want me to come to your church? What do I need that for? Do you, what would you say? Why should I believe in Jesus? Why do I need to change? I mean, I got, um, I got a good job. I got a great family. I love my wife, my kids. So what do I need church for? I'm good. And plus, by the way, you have nice moon bounces and stuff out here so I can bring my kids and play. We're all happy. So what do I need church stuff for? What would you say? Are you prepared? What would you say at that moment? Well, uh, I better go get I better go get pastor or I better go get sister so and so. And if you have to do that, you have to do that. But wouldn't it be nice if you're prepared yourself for that moment when the Holy Spirit speaks that you can share your faith and that you can give people a sense of direction about why they need to come to Christ? See, see, guidelines of sharing your faith only works when the guidelines are applied. These things that we talked about today, and I know I kind of went off a little bit, off script a little bit, but that's okay. But when we talk about sharing our faith, there got to be first a commitment to it. Everybody has to be convicted that this is what I'm supposed to do. Because here's what I understand. I can sit up here all day long and give you 10, 12, 15 guidelines. But if you ain't really committed to sharing your faith yet, it don't matter. <laughs> I just kind of just been talking. But if you can understand the urgency, if everybody in this room can say, Lord, there's an urgency that I need to get people saved. See those souls out there next week. See them as people that are lost and need Jesus. And God has sent you there to be the light. And if you can help somebody get right with God, oh, gosh, and they come and sit right beside you in the church and they love Jesus just as much as you do. And every time you turn around, man, they just, they just want it. Let me tell you something right now. You're going to be so happy. You're going to say, Pastor Gary, thank you so much for giving me that medicine that it was hard for me to digest it, but thank you so much because now I see that I, I got, I've, I've gotten it all wrong. Church is not about just making you happy. It's not. It's a byproduct, but happiness Largely is a perspective. Largely. It's a perspective. It's where you are in your spirit. Paul was, you can, how many know you can be, the, most of the prison epistles, Paul wrote the, we call them the prison epistle, uh, epistles. Uh, that was Colossians, Ephesians, Philippians, Galatians. Paul wrote those in jail. He was in jail. But you wouldn't think it. He was telling other people, rejoice. Rejoice. You can't lock up a free man. You can't lock up somebody that's already free. You're the children of the free. Let's walk in our freedom. And let's do everything we can to help other men and women to get free. Would you do that with me? Every head is bowed, every eye is closed.